0: our confidence, the feeling of confidence, the feeling of knowing for sure this is the right path is through action and creation and knowing that's ever-evolving. Mama! Let's reimagine
1: mom life together. Mama Has Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom. And whatever your goals are, together we're making them a reality. This episode is such a treat. Our guest today left me so inspired so lit up and I know that she is going to do the same for you. Our guest today is the founder of Becoming Iconic, Jen Spiegel. And she has such an amazing story from building businesses and babies for over 18 years, leaving her corporate marketing career to be a stay-at-home mom, then really knowing that she had this burning desire and these goals to create a life bigger than that. She talks about what her entrepreneurship journey has looked like, leaving a husband that wasn't super supportive and stepping into a new journey and a new destination. She talks about how she didn't have a lot of exposure into entrepreneurship, but then she realized that she could have it both. She talks about the trickiness and mom guilt and how she's overcome that with a really great story as well. She talks about that your kids witness you achieving your dreams and what that's looked like for her. She talks about handling unsupportive people in your life and how we can't expect one person to hold it all for us and what that's looked like as well. She talks about what does it mean to become iconic and how you can become iconic in so many different ways that there are so many other options outside of entrepreneurship for you to achieve your dreams and goals and to be able to support something that you're really passionate about. She talks about overcoming your biggest fear and how she lost everything when she picked herself back up. She talks about stepping into your truth, analyzing your truth, and knowing that when you realize is this true, you unlock so much. This is such a great episode. Grab your headphones, sit down, and get ready. Jen, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. I absolutely just love how you show up for other women, how you've built this amazing, beautiful brand to just showcase like what all is possible alongside motherhood and business ownership. And I just want to take us back about where you got started and how you've got to where you are today, beauty, building this beautiful community of women and showcasing what's possible.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. I I really appreciate being here. And I actually really glad you asked that question. I think for your audience and the community of mothers, this is a really important journey and part of my journey because when I started entrepreneurship, this was years ago, 17 years ago, I was a thriving corporate marketing manager. I worked globally on some of the biggest brands that we know out in the marketplace. And I became a mom. And when I became a mom, I fell into the mindset of I had to choose. I had to choose to be an exceptional mom and nurture my family and be there and do all the things and not miss anything or choose my career. I felt and how I be, how I had these ideas, I'm not entirely sure, but at the time I felt like I had to choose. It was one or the other. And when you lay your eyes on your baby, there is no choice anymore. They become the choice. And so I decided to leave my corporate career to be home with her and had another. I'm now a mom of four, but at the time there was two. And I really lost myself in that transition. So I lost my sense of worth outside in the world, uh, my goals, my vision. I became that sweatpant mom. So I'd get up and put on my Lulu lemons and a baseball hat and play with the kids and do the things that were necessary. I loved being present with them, but I really lost a huge portion of who I was as an individual in that in that decision and, and trans sort of transformation from single corporate career into motherhood. And someone told me about entrepreneurship. I remember the day and not understanding what that meant other than people who owned their own businesses. I had no experience. I had nobody to look to, to model what that could possibly be like. But what she said to me changed my life forever. And she said, what if you got to have the best of both worlds? What if you got to build a career and have those goals for yourself and also be present with your children? And when she said that to me, it was like my full, my body clicked, like clicking in a seatbelt, you, know, yeah. you know, you're buckled in and there was no looking back. I thought this is absolutely what I was meant to do. I didn't know the what, I didn't know the how, but I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. So entrepreneurship was sparked 17 years ago by someone just casting a vision for me. That's amazing. Let's talk about those very beginning steps, though, right? Because sometimes and
1: I know so many of our listeners, they maybe have that feeling inside of them where they're like, yep, I'm buckled. But like, how do I start the car? You know, and they so what were the next steps that you took to be like, okay, I have this desire, I have this pool, I have this urge, but I don't know in what I don't know how to get started. What were the next couple steps?
0: Such a great question. But here's the thing. I'm going to sound like a dinosaur when I answer this, because 17 years ago, we didn't even have social media. It didn't have a presence. So if you could imagine, this was entrepreneurship where you were really having to meet people belly to belly. And so what it did was force me out into the world to create conversation. What a blessing entrepreneurship gives in that because you no longer look down and simply just go to the grocery store and get home. You start to look up and out. You start to see the world. You start to see these human beings passing you by and wonder whether there's connection. So that was one of the greatest parts of entrepreneurship for me in my life was the ability to start really witnessing others and others around me. And so it was just sparking conversation. I remember, you know, when I was in a lineup, rather than again, looking down or or paying attention to my kids, I would look up and see who's around me. And I would pay somebody a compliment or see if someone was interested in conversation. Like, what are you doing today at a Starbucks in the middle of the day? And sometimes people responded and other times they didn't, but it was, the more grueling than it is today, for sure, because you really did depend upon people sparking conversation back with you to be able to share what it was. And back then it was wellness. I really got involved in the wellness industry. I was teaching spin classes at the time and thought, I want to be affiliated with a company that I could be supportive of that I believe in the products. And that's what I started to do was affiliate marketing. That was the stepping stone. And then it blossomed into a lot more, but it was the cornerstone to where I am today. And I I remember when I started saying, I will never forget where I came from. I'll never forget the sleepless nights wondering, what have I done? This is ridiculous. I can't make this work. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'll never forget. And I've never told this story before. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll pause that thought and tell this story. Because if I'm speaking to moms, whether you're an entrepreneur, working, home full time, whatever that component is, we all have this zest for, for something to see our potential through. And I remember having a really a traumatic moment, to be honest with you, when I first started. I was in my computer, my office. I'd made a space where I could sit down and, and do some work. And my two kids were old enough that they didn't have to be monitored 24-7. And I heard a bang. And I went to look and my son had pulled all the drawers out of my dresser and it had fallen on him and he, he was hurt. And so I had to rush him to the hospital and I'll never forget the mom guilt in that moment of thinking, I don't even know if this is going to work. It's doesn't have any success yet. I wasn't making any money. As a matter of fact, I was spending money because I was trying to get things off the ground and my son's hurt. It's because I wasn't paying enough attention and put all that blame upon myself. And it really was a look in the mirror moment. I think it was one of the most pivotal moments because I could have stayed in that guilt and that shame and that blame. But instead, I realized I could have been folding laundry. I could have been on a call with my mom I could have been doing anything and this happened. It was an accident. It wasn't because I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't parenting. It just happened really fast. And being able to see that in myself and realize that it wasn't my business that was hurting literally quote unquote, my children, but instead could potentially provide for them. Working through that was one of the best moments in my entrepreneurial career, because I know as moms, we do sit in guilt often. We do wonder whether this is worth it often. And I'm here to tell you 19 years now, my my daughter is 19 and he's 17, that they have grown into the most exceptional human beings because they've watched me overcome these situations over and over again. So I think that's an important part of the beginning of the journey because it wasn't this smooth sailing to the top. There was lots of ups and downs.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story because I think so many people can resonate. I can think of similar situations where you do question yourself, especially when something like that happens. We're like, gosh, if I hadn't been focusing on me or if I hadn't been doing that, this wouldn't have happened. And it makes it really hard. It can be one of those things that you just stop and you just give up. And I'm sure, like you said, it's been an up and down journey. There've been so many moments where you've had to kind of check in with yourself. If anyone's in that place where they're like, is it going to be worth it? Am I making the right choice? What are some maybe exercises or questions or ways to really help them push through to really follow that calling?
0: So this is one of my main messages I teach with anybody that I work with and through the podcast, et cetera, is eradicating this idea that as women, we have to have a sacrificial life so what I mean by that is we have to give up something in order to be great at something else. And what I know to be true, and I'm going to pour belief into the people who are maybe feeling this way right now, is women, as women, our capacity is so vast and infinite. It is our superpower. We are unlike anyone else where we can hold so much in our lives and be so great at so many things. We have been led to believe that we'd have to choose. I made that choice when I was, I mean, I was only 24 years old. I made the choice of being a mom because I thought I couldn't be successful in my career as a mom. Now, that was all meant to be. But looking back, if I knew what I knew now, I would look at my younger self and say, you get to do both and do both very, very well. So I want to teach women that we do not have to sacrifice any portion of ourselves or our dreams or our desires in order to fulfill something else. We get to be great at all things. And what you will do, so let's assume somebody listening in wants to start some sort of entrepreneurial journey. What you will realize is your kids are going to be raised in an environment that is quite extraordinary. They're going to listen to you as their mom on the phone, lifting people up, pouring belief back into them. They're going to witness you overcoming obstacles. They're going to see how you stand back up and dust yourself off over and over again. You're going to build the most tenacious, like world seekers, big dreamers than you thought possible because of your example because of what they witnessed through you and because they saw you as a woman and their mom, not one or the other, a full scope, a full spectrum of a human being. And that to me is one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. If they only know my presence in the home as their mom, there's nothing wrong with that. I was a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with that. That's an incredible gift, a selfless gift to give your children. But there is more to you, just like there's more to me than simply becoming iconic. So, when we can give the people around us a really beautiful showcase of who we are and what we have to offer, they only benefit. The person who is hurt potentially by choosing or feeling that we have to sacrifice is ourselves.
1: And so let's talk about maybe some of the other people that would be in those conversations that would make you think otherwise, right? So maybe it's partners, spouses, maybe it's family members. I'd love for you to talk about have you navigated any of this? Have you had to like stay strong in your pursuit when someone else is maybe pouring into you saying, You know, I know those people on the internet are telling you you can do both. I know those people on that podcast are telling you you can do both, but they're not showing you the sacrifice. They're not doing this. I hear this in our community all the time where they're like, well, everyone just makes me feel like I am sacrificing something and they don't understand and they don't understand my heart and my vision. How do you overcome that?
0: Mm. First of all, let's just breathe that in because that is so real. And that is real for the majority of us. I think that is it's more rare to have someone with where everybody's backing us up and say go 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 and supporting and cheering us on that is rare. What we see a lot of are people who are comfortable in who we are in the moment. Specifically partners or spouses you know, they know us for the attention we give sitting down at night and watching Netflix and cuddling. And they, they love that kind of attention. They love that kind of routine. They love the simplicity and what they can count on in that. So when all of a sudden we're distracted on our phone, or maybe we're working in the evenings because we have a full-time job, we're putting the kids to bed and then we're building some sort of business on the side, we are disrupting the rhythm of our partnership. And naturally someone is going to resist that. Naturally, you're supposed to be like, hold on. I liked it better when I had your full attention. I liked it better when you weren't seeking something else. So let me give you some advice that's really, really important. Number one is you can accept somebody's response. So meaning that if some, my partner and I did have my, my first husband was tremendously unsupportive, like as unsupportive as it could be. And I could listen to his feedback. I could hear him tell me that this was too much. I could hear him say, you need to quit, um, all the things, but I don't have to build that as my truth. So for me, it was listening And trying to understand where he's coming from, being empathetic to where this was actually stemming from, but I did not need to take that on as my truth. What we do as women is we think by sacrificing ourselves, we're making other people happy. And I remember having this realization early on thinking, well, if I quit my business because of my husband, or I quit my business because of my children, because I feel somehow I'm neglecting those things because I want to do this. Will I ever be able to look at my children in the eyes as they grow old and they say, "Mom, like was there ever anything you wanted to do or remember you did that business, why did you stop?" How could I look at them in the eyes and say I quit because of you? How could I project that upon them and have them carry the weight of their mother not following through on something because I thought they couldn't handle it because I thought I couldn't handle it because I thought we couldn't handle it. And so it is not easy, but it is something we have to always remember. The second thing is a lot of times with spouses, and I'm going to talk about men, I'm going to generalize if you're in a relationship with a man specifically, men were raised with the same narratives, different narratives, part of me, than we were, but the same type of urgency around it, meaning men were raised to provide, to make the money. And that was the ultimate way of being a husband and a father. We're breaking that down, thank God. But when you start to do something else, what happens for a man subconsciously is they think, I'm not providing enough. Why would she want to work full time and now build a business on the side? Somehow I am not providing enough. They take it on as themselves. So it's very important with an unsupportive spouse or partner to share with them the why behind this. You know, I'm doing this because I want to travel the world together. Or I'm doing this because I want to provide for our family too. And here's some of the dreams I have. Or I'm doing this because I know it's my God given purpose to help other women. And Allowing them to see more of the business why and potential and vision than simply you sitting down on the couch and telling them how bad your client call was or you know you did this call and they didn't hire you we vent to them and then expect them to hold all of that well what do they want to do they want to protect us so. There's some caution as well of what we're sharing. It's not holding back information. It's just allowing them to see the beauty in what we're doing, not just all the ways it's not working out. Yeah, that is so good. So
1: many takeaways there. I think for any relationship too, what are some ways that maybe it's not in the conversation, but with you? So if you're holding back some of that and you're you know, navigating some of that alone at that point because you're like, gosh, this was a hard conversation. What are some ways that you've maybe found your business friends to support you in that way, or some ways that you really pour back into yourself to be able to overcome those things when you can't share it with the person you're used to sharing everything with?
0: Mm -hmm. So first of all, we got to make sure, you know, they say you are the sum of the people you spend time with, they say the five people, but let's, I don't think there needs to be a number, the people you spend time with. What's really important is to actually be honest about the people you're spending time with, because a lot of times we choose the circle that is allowing us to sit in the excuse. So we're having the friends going, oh my goodness, I can't believe, oh, he's not supporting you. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. That's actually not a supportive friend group. What they're doing is allowing you to settle into all the reasons why this isn't going to work. I would challenge you to find a person who's going to say, you know what? That sucks. That really does, that he's not supporting you. But what are you going to do about this? How are you going to stand up and lead this right now? Because we can just sit down and say, you're right, honey. You know what? It's just easier in my marriage if I don't do this. Well, then you're betraying yourself. So, there's gonna be future resentments and wonder and curiosity and regret. Like, let's just own that. Or we can say, I'm gonna have some patience with this process with him. I'm going to share, and I'm going to hold myself to having those crucial conversations with this person who's going to mirror back to me truths, ways in which I can stand in my power, ways in which I haven't looked at things before. So they're not going to let me be in my excuse, and they're not going to let me step back and betray myself. Instead, they're going to hold me up and maybe nudge me and trigger me in some ways, because it will be triggering, because we seek the person that's going to make us feel good and like, I know it's okay, don't worry. When you have someone who says, "What? Well, come on, stand up, let's go, that's a triggering, but that's what we want, right? And then the other thing is to pour back into yourself. I really believe in visioning, envisioning where you're going. I really believe that time alone, especially for a woman, is sacred. When we are alone and in quiet and stillness, we are so unbreakable, We have the most profound ideas and guidance. We really settle into our natural God-given intuition and power. And so what that does is it provides a barrier. If you do this in the morning and you really visualize where you're going and you see your husband and you happy on these vacations and your kids laughing and experiencing the world, if you're met with resistance, you will have some more compassion because it's not going to pierce you. You've got this barrier. You've seen it. You know what you're working towards. You know everybody around you is going to benefit. You know, you can create this. So when you're met with that, it kind of bounces off of you versus piercing you. And you can meet someone and say, honey, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I really am. I want this to be different. I want you to understand why I'm doing this, what kind of conversation, or how can I better explain, or what do you need to know in order to have that support that I'm really craving and desiring from you? And you may not get it, but you may. And sometimes it just takes a little patience, but I do believe in visualizing and having that that focus every single day of where you're going. Yeah. And as moms, I think you have so many people relying
1: on you and so many hats that you're juggling, things that you're you know, navigating, that that alone time and that time to really sit with yourself is so important. It can be hard to come by, but it has to be prioritized. And so with that, I think also it's building your internal confidence, right, and getting clear with who you want to be and what you want to become. And you've built such an amazing brand for yourself, so many others and a personal brand on top of that. And your brand name is actually becoming iconic, which is iconic, right, and navigating what that means for you and all the people that you work with. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the importance of knowing who you are alongside your business and what you're building.
0: Mm. So who we are is ever evolving. That's the best advice I could give any of you. We sometimes are waiting to become a certain version of ourselves before we start where that version is asking you to take action in order to receive it and be it. Becoming iconic was born because I knew as women we all desire to see our fullest potential, our highest selves that we're here to squeeze out every last drop of this this lifetime. We're not here to leave this earth rested, you know, with we haven't done much, but we're very, you know, we're very rested and there's a big message around that right now. That's another tangent I could go on, but um, I, I know we're here to create and build and see what we are made of. And so for me as a, as a woman, one of the things that I would recommend for all of us in becoming iconic is to know that our confidence, the feeling of confidence, the feeling of knowing for sure this is the right path is through action and creation and knowing that's ever evolving. I wish my social media had not been taken. It's going to actually be a year this week. I wish that had never happened because one of the greatest assets to people coming in and seeing me where I am today was scrolling back through the years and realizing how far I had come. It wasn't perfect when I started. As a matter of fact, it was far from perfect. I resisted social media. I said, I hate social media. It's narcissistic. I mean, those were things I said. Because remember, I started doing belly to belly when I was an entrepreneur. I was doing events and all sorts of things to generate sales. I was resistant. But it was this pursuit to stretch myself into new things that built the confidence around social media. I didn't have it first and then I did it and I created that. That's becoming iconic. It's the audacity to do something today to gravitate towards the person you're becoming.
1: Mm, I love that. And you know, let's go back to the social media part for just a moment, because I think it's really important for people to hear something that you worked so hard on for so long is a huge part of how you create business, how you grow business. And all of a sudden, it's taken away, and it's gone. And I'm sure it was a very large speed bump and a hiccup. But you're okay, and you're fine. And business is going to throw you curveballs. You are going to have to overcome really big things. Life, motherhood, right? is going to throw you things that you're going to be like, man, I have no idea how I'm going to overcome this one. But we do. I'd love for you to talk about how did you navigate that like within the first 24 hours where you're just like, this can't be real, I'm sure. And then where you're at today and how really life is about overcoming.
0: Amen, and you know, let's let's start this story with everybody listening, kind of embodying their biggest fear, right? Maybe for someone, it's they don't have social media, and their biggest fear is something happening to their child, something happening to their relationship, their health, whatever that is. But as an entrepreneur, one of my biggest fears was, quote unquote, losing my community. I mean, I built this massive community; it was tens of thousands of heartbeats. Over a, a period of time and so much dedication, like I'm very dedicated to social, I actually love social media. So it's an interesting change in perspective from where I started, but I love it now. And I remember when I lost it, it was my own fault. So I'll just be honest, like I'm a, I'm a heart, a big heart, and I'm naive. And I generally thought that we had done something wrong. So I got an email saying that you have done something, copyright something or other, click here to sort of... Um, you know, explain why and get your socials back. So I clicked and don't click friends. Like that's the number one thing. I think we know that, but in the moment I panicked because we had just put up a reel with music and I thought, oh my gosh, maybe we've used music that wasn't a part of copywritten law, like I did, I'm also a rule follower. So when I potentially do something wrong, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's not who I am. I'm so integral; it's one of my biggest um, values. So I panicked and I reacted when it happened. I completely crumbled. I mean, this was where I felt like everything had been stolen from me because I am the sole income provider for my family. So I have a family of four, and I am remarried to the love of my life, and um, I hold it all like. like. Like my business provides food on the table for my children. And so when it was taken, I felt like I had been robbed from one of my greatest assets and a foundational need in my life. This was providing for my family. So I was panicked and I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it, it didn't take long, to be honest with you. It was about 24 to 48 hours when I was sitting and I was in prayer a lot because I thought, okay, I cannot do this alone. And this has got to be divine because I don't know what to do. And I I wasn't getting it back. And it was pretty clear. I wasn't going to get it back. And I thought, what if this is the example of becoming iconic? What if the people who haven't been here since day one actually watch me walk my talk? Actually witness me follow through on the things that I teach and I preach and what if this is an example of like phoenix rising becoming iconic lifting ourselves up from a setback and being better for it and that sparked something in me a hunger in me to to be that evidence and I have been I mean it's almost a year and we've grown to 5000 first of all I'm here to tell you that your following on social media has very little to do with success. I think we think you have to have a big following to be successful. I have more engagement. My business blossomed. I I hit six, uh, seven figures in six months following that. I'd never done seven figures in that short of a time before. My business exploded, and why? Because so many people were were seduced by this idea that you had to have these big followings or big presence in order to be successful. I'm here to tell every single individual, as a matter of fact, the smaller accounts, we have an edge. (laughs) The algorithm likes us. And I also am here to tell you that I grew my Instagram organically, 5,000 heartbeats in one year. If I can do it, so can you, because I didn't have any, like people weren't scrolling back and seeing what I had done. I was starting from ground zero. And that to me was one of the best Things that could have happened because it made me look at my business differently. It made me tidy things up. And when I hit the ground running, there was no looking back.
1: And it's such a great example, of like life and motherhood, to lead by example, right? Where you really have to go in and say, okay, I'm being tested to redo this and I'm going to do it. And the other thing that it made me think of is just really knowing your place in this, right? As the leader of your brand, you had this vision, you said not very long after that you're like, okay, this is what this season for becoming iconic is going to mean. But it also made me think about the team players that are part of a brand, right, where entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. And while you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, you also have an agency, which brings in other team players and other people to really shine their light. And it helps support maybe a bigger vision. I don't think that there is enough conversation about how important those people are and how you don't necessarily have to be the face of the brand to be a huge piece to the success for someone else's vision that you align with, right? So if you are like, wow, I love what Jen's talking about. I love what she stands for in becoming iconic. I would love to be on a part of her team. I would love for you to talk a little bit to those people about how they can support someone else's vision, even if they don't want to start their own.
0: Mm, What a great question. Thank you for that. And I'm so glad you said that because what a permission slip. We think it's either work for corporate or build a personal brand. Again, we're going back into these boxes, back into sacrificial decision-making. Like I've got to do one or the other and neither quite fit. What if you get to be this incredible asset to a company this incredible contributor to a big vision. This is equally as important. And I am big on leading a team. Now I I do need to say when my social was, um, taken away is how I describe it. Um, I also, my team burned down at the same time because I was able to see that my team wasn't aligned. See, we were in such a flow. It was like a well-oiled machine that I wasn't paying attention to some of the things I needed to pay attention to. So that all got burned down. So the whole thing was burned down and this was a rise to the ashes. And the agency was born in a couple months later when I really started to Realize that to be successful, you're absolutely right. You said something really important. You do not need to be a solopreneur exclusively to be successful and make a great living. There's all sorts of ways. And I started to mentor women over and over again who wanted me to support them, not in building a personal brand, but to cultivate their zone of genius that could enhance somebody else's online business. And this was astounding to me because for so long, they were like, I want to start a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur and work with a brand that you align with and then have this incredible synergy. One of the reasons people join my agency, a lot of the the contractors and uh, executive team, they say as a solopreneur, it is so lonely you know you're making all your own decisions you're doing things for yourself and there's there's a lot of great aspects to that like there's like this grind and work ethic that's involved i think is just so incredible but there's also this feeling of being lonely and and missing community and missing conversation and brainstorming and so that's what the the people within the agency love they're like we're still a solopreneur Yet, we now have this beautiful part of our day where we are collaborating and connecting and stretching and growing ideas and being able to lean on one another. So they haven't lost their independence. As a matter of fact, it probably strengthens it in some ways because they're cultivating ideas, but they do love the idea of being around a boardroom table per se. It's I mean, it's virtually, but around this table with thought leaders.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, don't think that there's enough talk about that. There's not enough talk about how every person that you're seeing success at a high level, maybe not at the beginning stages, they probably don't have a team, but a higher level, they're either bringing in a freelancer or a part time person, a fractional employee, or they have a team. And I know so many women in our community are like, I just don't want to be the face of a brand, but I love what this person's doing. Well, go send them a message. Be like, hey, I want to be a part of your team. How can I do it? And maybe, you know, send Jen a message and say, how do I build a brand enough to send that message to say, hey, here's what I want to (laughs) do. And another way that you showcase women is through two different platforms. You have your agency, but you also have your magazine and your podcast. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about each of those and how women can either view them, be a part of them. What are the opportunities?
0: Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, the podcast is incredible. Actually, we just heard today that we are now officially 0.5% top. So we're we're at the tippy top of downloaded podcasts and that I actually I'm getting emotional talking about that. Cuz that's a lonely road as you know. We we do these things and invest the time and the finances into producing a show and every prayer, every time is that it touches someone's life in some way, shape, or form that someone's being served through this particular conversation, the ones I do on the podcast. But you don't always hear that, you know, people are served through the conversation, but it's not always that they turn around and come in the DMs and tell you so. And today when I met with my my team to hear that, I, I just, I, I was really incredibly grateful and celebrating the podcast world. The podcast was the pillar when my social media was taken away, uh, to support the business. Thank God for the podcast, but yeah, the podcast is really, and an incredible conversation around building businesses and building lifestyle. And it is for both. It, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to listen in. It will serve you. As a matter of fact, I had a doctor reach out the other day and say, I don't even want to ever build a business, but I have to tell you how much I love the podcast and the conversations you hold, which was great feedback. So I highly recommend that. And then the magazine is an interesting story. I went to school for fashion and public relations. And after I left school, I got married young and the dream of having a lifestyle magazine, which was the whole reason I was doing the the post-secondary education was to do this magazine. It kind of fell to the wayside. I got pregnant and started a family young, and then it becomes different priorities. But it always had this hum. I could always hear the whisper. I just had no idea how this was going to fit into my life or if I had the capacity. So interesting how I say we have all this capacity, but I too can fall into that mindset of like, can I do more? Does this even make sense? And I had people on my past team say, this doesn't make sense. So I took their advice and their thoughts and opinions over my own. And after my social media going away, I I did get this little bit of rebellion to me thinking, I am going to rip apart every box I've ever put myself in. And I'm going to do all the things I've always wanted to do. And I don't even know if this makes sense, but I'm going to do it for my own fulfillment. And so the Becoming Iconic magazine was born in September. And it has literally been a dream come true and something that the whole world, I can say it's global. It goes all over the globe. Um, People are reading and putting on their coffee tables and taking pictures. And imagine if I hadn't. Imagine if I had just let that hum continue to dim down and I hadn't listened, what I would have potentially Never fulfilled, and all these people who subscribe and tell me, I cannot wait to get a magazine. Because I mean, magazines are kind of like that lost thing. We used to, I remember always getting them when I was younger. Yeah. And it's one of those mediums that we don't really necessarily tap into as much anymore because of the digital world. But how many women are like, I cannot wait until it's shipped to me and I sit down with my cup of coffee and read it. So it's, I describe it as like Ford's, Forbes meets Vogue. So it's very much um, a business and sort of mindset magazine attached to all different types of lifestyle advice, like fashion and food and travel and family. And I also have in there uh, an article called Genuine Connection where I share a lot of my heart. It's like journal entries on mompreneurship, on being in marriage, on being the income earner in the home, those types of very vulnerable things that I don't share on social media.
1: So cool. And how cool to have this vision, have someone almost take it away from you, right? And almost take it away from yourself and then come back to you, come back to what is calling you and you don't know, right? Like You don't know when you make these decisions. Are you going to come back in a year or two and be like, well, that was a learning. We're not going to do that anymore. And that's possible. But now you know, right? Like Now you've tried it. And that's something that I think has been so impactful for my journey and so many others is if you have a calling on your heart and you sit with yourself in honesty, going back to those moments of silence alone with yourself, and you say, you know what, a version of me down the road is going to wonder what if, then you have to do it. You have to try it out because you can't continue down a path of knowing I had an opportunity to try it and I didn't, right? And so I would love, you know, as we wrap out, I could talk to you all day. You have so much value to offer. Everyone, please, we'll share where you can find Jen, but you will be doing yourself a disservice in life and business if you don't tap into all of the resources that she has. But before we wrap up, I would love for you to just pour a little more love into that person that's sitting here, that's getting poured like lifted up on this podcast, but there's some reason they're not taking action. There's some reason that they're, you know, going to get off and that pile of laundry is still going to be there. The kids are still going to need them. They're still going to have these things calling at them and they maybe have this desire to become that next version of Iconic for Themselves they're looking to take that next step for their own personal brand or their business brand, but they have the opportunity to really take that next step. How do they take that
0: next step? What is one thing that they can do today? So the one step I would offer is to ask yourself, is this in fact true? We buy into a lot of ideas, potential outcomes And those things hold us back from our greatest memories, the greatest opportunities, and most of the time, they never come to fruition. So one of my greatest belief sort of tools I could give you is to ask yourself, is this in fact true? Is this load of laundry that I keep looking at, is it in fact true that this is holding me back from starting something? Is it in fact true that my marriage is going to fall apart by me fulfilling something that is in my soul to do in this lifetime? Is it in fact true that my kids are going to somehow suffer or lose their mom because I have the audacity to try something new? And when we ask ourselves that question, you can't help but look at the truth and you can't help but see that most of the time we are buying into something that has no no value in terms of truths or substance Instead, we're buying into the potential of something, the fear of something. And when we hear the truth of absolutely not, there's always going to be laundry, but I'm not doing laundry 24 hours a day. So it's okay. And I can ask for help. And, you know, I can do laundry and listen to a podcast at the same time. I'm just going to be better with my time. No, it's not, in fact, true that my relationship's going to fall apart. And if this is the breaking point, was for me. If it is, there's more to it than simply me wanting to do something new in this relationship. And being in a partnership means that we both value each other enough to cheer each other on to the things we want to do as individuals. And I actually believe my marriage can hold this. I believe it's going to make us stronger. Is it in fact true that my kids are going to suffer? No, they're not going to suffer. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be able to pay for their their education. I'm going to take them on trips. They're going to see their mom pouring belief into people and doing something with herself. So these are not truths. And when you see and reveal what is in fact true, it will give you the gas. It will give you that spark of belief in that moment to do something. And it's just do something. Do a post. Uh, Listen to a podcast write down your ideas, start to create the blog, just start. And when you do, you will start to feel that confidence creep in more and more and more. And then, and then the truth starts to really reveal themselves. And you build this beautiful, pleasurable, fulfilling life that you're so grateful you had the audacity to do. Thank you so much for your wisdom,
1: Jen. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you, your links, your pages, and then For our last question, I would love to know what's something that you're working on right now? What's a goal that you
0: have or something that you're excited about personally or professionally? Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm actually working on continuing to keep promises to myself when it comes to my health. One of the things that happens to us as women is we get really good at building the businesses and being there for our families and making sure everything's looked after, and we end up being the afterthought. And this is something that has been a trend in my in my life where it's like, if I can get to the workout, I will. It's like the last thing on the priority list. It feels very backwards for me to put myself first because I just haven't done that for most of my life. So that's the training I'm in right now where I realize that my health and well-being is what's going to hold this family and hold these businesses and continue to thrive. So that's what I'm working on currently. And where to find me is pretty easy, actually. It's Becoming Iconic. So it is .co, the website, .co. And then on Instagram or any social media platform, it's Becoming Iconic. And then the magazine is there linked and there's a free digital copy for people to listen to. And of course, the podcast Becoming Iconic is on all platforms and available for everybody as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Jen. I can't wait to have a follow-up conversation.
1: You are just always amazing. So much to offer to everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having me sometimes the smallest act of love is all a mom needs to feel reinvigorated. If you can relate to that, I'd feel so supported by your five-star rating and written review. Take a moment and let me know what you thought about this episode.